Welcome to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I am your host, Mike, aka Emperor, and I am happy to be back with you for part two of this episode. Now, we were previously talking about education and kind of what it looks like and uh, the buildup, comparing it to football teams. And, you know, that's an easy analogy for me because I'm fond of football and I just think that everything can relate back to football. Uh, Before we jump into this, I do want to say this. I wish that everyone could participate in football. I think it's a true team sport. You know, everybody has their different jobs and their different obligations, and they all play their part. And when everybody is focused on doing their job and doing their job the best that they can, and they take the I out of it, and they replace that with we, man, it's such a beautiful thing uh, what can happen on the football field. And so one of the misconceptions of football And this is one of the main reasons why I want people, I wish everybody could play it, because one of the misconceptions is that everybody gets along. And that's far from the truth. You probably get along with, what, maybe five to eight guys on your team and the rest of them is like whatever. And then there's just some that you just totally avoid because you just really don't, you don't. You just don't mesh well, but you have a job to do and you put that beside you. So sometimes you may have to line up next to a guy that you got into a fight with or next to a guy that you guys are have been at odds or maybe you've been competing against each other and he's gotten the best of you or whatever it may be. You have to line up and still do your job. And so I love that aspect of it because it teaches discipline and it teaches um, it teaches the players to look beyond themselves and focus on the the real goal at hand, look at the big picture. But with that being said, we left off talking about community and how community is important with uh, education. In order for education to progress, we have to have a sense of community. You know, Like I said, this is part of the breakdown in education, the sense of community, acting on it, living it. You know, community in my eyes means this. Once again, this is just my definition. Community to me means all in for the greater good of all. I don't mean all in for the greater good of just yourself. I don't mean all in for the greater good of just your family, your friends, your neighbors. I meant exactly what I said, all in for the greater good of all. So why does community break down? Why does the idea of community break down? Well, I'm going to be blunt with you and I'm going to tell you why. A lot of times we don't include everyone in the community, because maybe we don't think that we need them. Maybe we think that they can't help us because they are the problem. Maybe we don't think that they're educated enough. Maybe they don't look quite like us. 
Maybe some people feel that they shouldn't even live within the community because they're not good enough. Now, when you hear these things, doesn't that sting a bit? I know I felt weird even just saying it out loud and and speaking it because that's not how I feel. But I know that there are some people that feel that way because it has to be because there's such a disconnect. So you know, you're not disconnected from someone by including him. That doesn't make sense. The disconnect has to come from some of these ideas that people hold on to. So if that stings listening to those comments, imagine how members of the community feel when these comments are directed towards them. Do you think they're going to want to come to these gatherings that we have at schools? Do you think that they're going to want to come have conversations with these teachers, with these educators, with staff, with administration? Do you think that they're going to feel a part of their their child's education? I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. But have you ever been anywhere? It could be school, job, whatever it may be, your own home, your in-laws' home, your parents' home, your grandparents, your friends' home. It could be anywhere. But have you ever step foot in a place where it was just totally uncomfortable? Have you ever stepped foot in a place where it should be a safe environment? It should be a caring environment. And when you step foot in that environment, you just feel this, you feel this, you know, you feel your heartbeat start to rise. You feel the hair on your skin start to rise. You start to sweat and you're looking around and everybody's kind of giving you that side eye and they're pointing and they're whispering and you know that they're talking about you. Or maybe, you know, you you just, maybe someone comes directly and says something rude to you and then no one comes to your defense. Now, if you've experienced this, you know how uncomfortable that is. Now, especially if it's a place that you have to frequent. So I'll just say the in-laws, for for instance. Say you don't get along with your in-laws because they're always saying these rude remarks. Maybe uh, their son's ex-wife was, uh, they liked her better or whatnot, whatever it may be. Or vice versa. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just trying to set the stage here. So we'll stick with their son's ex-wife. They they liked her better and had a better relationship in which they, he never got a divorce from her and all that stuff. So they take it out on you. You feel that way every time you, you go to their house. You feel anxious. You feel defensive. You feel nervous. You, you're there for three hours and you're, you never get settled. You never feel comfort. And then you leave and you feel relieved. And then you look at the calendar and, man, I have to go back there in two months. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to make it through? Let me get my mind right and start prepping now so I can handle this stress. 
That's how you might feel. Now imagine how these parents feel coming into a school where they feel like people are judging them, where they feel like people are attacking them, where they feel like they're not included in the community. Imagine how they feel. You guys, I don't know a lot of things, but there are a few things I know. And in, in order to have some kind of significant change, the community has to get together and come together and work together. This, this isn't about who looks like what. This isn't about, well, you guys can't be included because you don't have your college degree. This isn't about that. This is about everybody joining together, fighting for one cause. I've worked in the community for two decades now. And I've seen it torn apart. I've seen it built back up. I've seen it torn apart again. I've seen people move away from the trouble and then gate it off to keep everybody else out. And you know the one thing that bugs me about this is, you know, the crime rates might go up in our community. And I can't stand it when people say, well, that's not my problem. I don't live over there. What do you mean it's not your problem? You live in the same city, don't you? It's everybody's problem. Well, if it comes near me, I'll just move away again. Okay. But just know that your kids are going to have to cross paths with other kids and other people in this community, community at some point. There's going to be a point where you just can't walk away and turn your back on it. We can't just do that. And that just bugs me so much. It's all of our problem. And so when I am talking about this, we all have to work together because you know what? I want my kids to be able to walk anywhere in my town, in my city, and be all right because I know that the community is going to look after them. I want your kids to be able to walk down the street and go to the park and know that I don't have to be there with them and know that I don't have to look and, and, and handcuff my kids because I know the rest of the community is on the same page and they want the same thing. So they're not going to let any harm come to them. So I want, when I say community is all, I mean community is all. All. Now, that might be something people might say, hey, Mike, you're living in a dream world. I don't care. So what? That's what I want. That's what I want. And I think it can happen. But it is a mixture of education and community, and I think we're lacking on the community. We're so quick to shut the door on people because they look different, or maybe they talk a little funny. Or maybe they live in a poor section, so we think that they don't have any resources to help us. But you know what? I have met 
some people that are just willing to grind. I like when I see people that have been through something. I like when I see people that are, you know, skirting by and, you know, they're scratching and clawing. But you know what? They still come with a smile on their face because, you know what? I know that they will grind with me. I know that they won't turn their backs when things get a little tough. I know that they will look adversity in her eyes and say, you know what? Bring it. That's what we need. I'm tired of hearing people say this isn't my problem. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, they're not good enough. Well, if you have all the answers because you have your education and you have your nice lifestyle, if you think that means you have all the answers, how come things aren't changing? You gathered your little team, your little committee of elite, but things aren't changing because you're not immersed in the community. When we, well, let me backtrack. How this relates to education is this. If there is a sense of community where people feel included and they trust in the people of, of, end quote, power, then working together, when we work together, amazing things can happen. So what I'm saying by this is this. When families buy in and when families are included and they feel welcome, then education becomes a lot easier. It becomes a lot easier to teach their children because you know what now? Now we're working together to resolve some of these issues. Now some of these families that may not have the same resources feel comfortable coming and sharing that. And then we are working hard with them to provide them their resources so they can send their kid off to school so they can have a, a, a good educational foundation and a good day, a good learning foundation, you know. And so they can provide, so they can feel like they are a part of it. And I'm not saying this is all about money. How about this? A simple high, a simple handshake, a simple greeting. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Because in the end, the same education that we want for our kids is the same education that they want for their kids. So what the heck is the difference? Aren't we all working for the same goal? Don't we all want our kids to be better than what we are? It doesn't matter where you come from. I think that's pretty universal. So then you may say, Mike, or Emperor, man, you're saying some stuff. You're saying all this stuff. But where do we start? Where do we start? How can we, how can we build an educational foundation that's based on community? How can we do it? It seems impossible. Everybody's been trying to do it, but it seems like it's not working. 
Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I may not have all the answers, but you know what? I got a starting point. So this is how we start a sense of community. Number one, you start with empathy. You have to know that not everyone's going to look like you. Everybody has all different experiences. And because they have different experiences doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them worse than you. It doesn't make you better. It just simply means they've been through different things. And the worst thing that we can do is think that we've learned so much that we don't have to learn anything else. I mean, you know, one thing that I see that adults do, and we mess up on this all the time, we think that we can't learn from kids. But we're so wrong. Every time I see these kids playing out at recess, I think about adults wouldn't do that. I see kids just going from one group to another group to another group, playing tag, playing on the monkey bars, going down the slide, running around, playing uh, four square, playing kickball. They just run around and they just join another group. And you know what? That group invites them in. And so then there's more. And then they all are just playing together. That's usually what happens. It's rare that you see these kids playing on the playground and they say, "Uh, you can't be a part of this group. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's pretty rare. Let 50 adults be out on the playground and see what happens. See how fast they click up. Don't talk to anybody else and don't include anybody else. So we have some nerve to think that we can't learn from these these children. And we have uh, some nerve to think that we can't learn from other people in the community. So we have to have empathy. We have to be able to put ourselves in their shoes. This is greater than saying, oh, I feel sorry for you. No, this is saying, you know what? I'm going to listen to your story and I'm going to hear your side of it. I'm not going to cast any judgment. I'm just going to sit here and listen to what you have to say. And then you know what? After that, we're going to help connect the dots so I can get an understanding of where you're coming from and get a better understanding of your perspective and what you're going through. Another thing we can do is be present. When you're present, I mean, you're not just there looking and judging. You are there taking action. You are standing in the fire, what I like to say. You got to think, these families and these students have been through a lot of, a lot of different things. They've been through a lot of people turning their backs on them. They've been through a lot of judgment. So by the time they get to us, we have to be able to say, you know what? When things get tough, I'm not going to turn and run. I'm here. I'm going to stand with you in this fire and we're going to figure this thing out. And if I can't figure it out, I'm going to, I have the resources that I can find someone to help you, but I'm not turning my back on you. We have to start being an advocate for these families. Providing resources and lending our ear. Listening without judgment. We have to be present. 
we have to be out there shaking their hands and, and seeing what's going on or asking with true concern, hey, how are you feeling today? We have to communicate. Now, everybody likes to throw this out. Well, I told them once. We talked about that previously in, a, in the last episode. Oh, I told them once. That's enough. They just don't care. But when we communicate, we have to meet them on their level. Sometimes you got to get rid of that fancy jargon. But you must be straight and you must be honest. That's it. Meet them on the level. So I remember when I had a caseload of families and I'd, I'd be all over and all over the place. I've been in, you know, just gang riddled neighborhoods and all that good stuff. And, you know, I, I, I say I'm multi, I'm multilingual <laughs> because I can speak. I can speak to a man with a PhD. I can speak to high schoolers. I can speak to middle schoolers. I can speak the street language. I can speak the slang. You know what I mean? I can do whatever I, I want to and, and I can be comfortable with it. Now, some people go too far. I mean, some some of it is all out of my, my comfort zone, but I don't stray that far. I just let them know, hey, I hear what you're saying and I can speak to you on your level. It's, that's all right. That's not being phony. That's speaking in a way that maybe they will be able to receive the information. Sometimes you got to lose all the fancy jargon. But one thing we cannot do, we cannot talk to people and make them feel like they're talking to a used car salesman. We're just talking out of our ear or talking out of our mouth and talking about this and that and sw you know, swindling them and spinning them around in circles so they're confused. And then next thing you know, they're wrapped up in some mess. And then they leave us thinking, well, man, I was better off in my own mess. And now they created even more of a mess for me. I'll never trust them again. And the last thing I say we have to do is we have to be genuine. None of this works if you're not genuine. Kids don't get educated and families don't trust you if you're not genuine. I don't know how many times I had to say to families, hey, I messed up and I apologize. I did not mean to offend you and I should not have said that. I'm sorry, I did not mean that. Or maybe, hey, I messed up. I set the wrong appointment for you. I made you late for your appointment. Whatever it may be, I messed up. Sometimes I have to tell families, hey, no, no, you, you are wrong. I'm not going to I'm not going to let you take advantage of this situation like this. We have to have some boundaries. Sometimes I had to say that. But. The families knew that I was being genuine and that I was not trying to attack and so that's why 99.9% .9 of the time I've always was able to establish good relationships, working relationships with the families that I encountered and with the, with the, uh, with the students and, the, and the, uh, the kids in the shelter, the adults in the shelters that I've worked with.
So to recap, to establish a sense of community, we have to have empathy. We have to be present. We have to communicate, but not just communicate, communicate on their level. And we have to be genuine. We have to be genuine. None of this works if we're not genuine. So yes, in essence, education is the foundation for change. We do need education in order to change some of this mess that's going on in our society right now. But it's not always that piece of paper education. Sometimes we need common sense. Common sense will get you far in a lot of situations. Common sense will save your life. So we need that. We can't overlook that. We do need the academics. We do need that. Because the more knowledge that we have, the more coaching that we have, the more equipped we are to handle the adversities that we're going to face which in turn helps us when we face these adversities in our, with our life experiences. It helps us get past them because we are equipped with the knowledge and the common sense to get past it. And then what do we do when we, when we go through these things and we come out from it? We get stronger. And then you're slowly creating a warrior mentality. You're slowly creating something within you that is saying, hey, I can make this and I can do this. Wouldn't that be awesome if we created students that were beyond 4.0, that were warriors on the inside, that could fight through the adversity, that could take the knowledge that they've learned from academics and apply it to their lives, that have strong common sense, that are just the Alabama, <laughs> they are the Alabama, the elite. But we can't do that unless we have a strong sense of community. I want to thank you guys for tuning in with me. Once again, you guys can write in. You can email me at blindlessvision at gmail.com. If you have downloaded the Anchor app, you can send me a direct message on that app. And guys, if you've liked what you've heard, please share it with your friends on your social media sites. If you don't like what you heard, still share it with your friends on your social media platforms. Because here's the thing. You may not have liked it, but you know what? I imagine that all your friends don't think like you. I think they all have their own different mentalities and how they think and their own and all their different perspectives. So someone may like it. So send it anyway. So I would just want to thank you guys for, for tuning in. And this is going to lead to my freshwater moment, guys. The freshwater moment... <laughs> of this episode is this. I won't say his name because I just met him and I haven't talked to him about it, but there's a, a doctor I just met. I had a doctor's appointment and I, I went in 
I mean, I had this appointment scheduled three months ago and, and I was thinking to myself, man, am I silly for waiting this long? But there's something in me that said I had to meet this man. And and he is a doctor that is going against the grain. He is a doctor that takes the, um, he really treats the, the whole body and he takes the uh, old school approach to, to healing. You know, he wants to know what's truly going on with you. And so he takes his time with that. And so I just really... I'm thankful that he is willing to spend, invest that kind of time in each patient, each each patient, because that doesn't happen. So I continue, I continue to support his quest and support what he's doing. And I, I know he's already touched the lives of a lot of people, and I, I, I support him moving forward and and continuing to touch the lives of other people. So. With that being said, I just really appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to uh, Sight Beyond Sight. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I thank you for your time and your patience. And remember, we are in the business of healing and not hurting. And we need to be the fresh water that heals. With that being said, until we meet again, my friends.